one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Junior Golf Podcast. My name is Ro Thompson. Uh, man, I tell you, we, we've got a special guest in the building. Um, I tell you, you know, the, these Junior Golf connections are just growing and growing and growing. And uh, man, I'd like to uh, welcome Tammy Matheny to the uh, podcast. Hey, Tammy. How are you doing today? I'm hey. excited to be here and talk a little <laughs> golf today. Hey, thank you for coming on. I, I, I really appreciate it. And, um, and I, as I was telling you earlier, man, I didn't really realize we had this many great people in South Carolina. South Carolina's not bad. <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> well, listen, before we get into um, a lot of the golf, um, I wanted to just kind of get, uh, get your backstory. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, as I told you before we got on here, I actually started out as men and women's tennis coach at US, UCS and then USC Upstate right. and started researching the mental game. It wasn't really big back then, but how could I help my team be better? And really started like just really resonating with me and having success. Our teams were usually mentally and physically tough and right. that piece helped so much. And I just dived into it more and thought, well, I could start a job and a career. So eventually I got out of coaching and started my own practice and haven't looked back since then. I think I have the best job in America. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. And um, I, I hear you have a background in tennis. You know, my, my good friend, I think you said you know my good friend, Hardeep Judge, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> South Carolina State. Sure South did. Carolina State. Yeah, yeah he's one, one about think about between the men and the women's program he's actually won about probably 35 to 40 titles with the men down there men and he, women he has done well very yes, well yes yeah. yes so talk to us about your connection with golf how did you connect the the mental coaching with with the game of golf so I've always I shouldn't say always played but I did I've always had golf clubs so you know that recreational every once in a while um mm -hmm. You know, when I was at Upstate, we had a lot of golf events that I'd always try to take part in. So golf's always been in the background. Um, and I always enjoy watching, you know, the bigger tournaments on TV. Um, but then as I started my own business, you know, my background was tennis and I also played basketball in college. Mm -hmm. But to me, the mental game, like, is for all athletes. And right. so as I started getting business, it just started seeping into junior golfers and had success with a golfer and he told people then that led to getting some college golf teams right. and it just kind of uh kind of spread from there and I'm a huge golf fan now that's great that's great and what what schools what what colleges are, are, are you working with right now uh, I do some work with uh Wofford Women's Golf okay um do some through zooming with some golf programs across the U.S. some smaller yeah. D2 schools Great. um so a handful some of them asked me not to mention their name so I don't mean to be vague there but that's fine no no that no, no, no confidentiality fine. <laughs> that's fine no problem at all well listen so so when it comes to junior golf you know we're, we're going to get into some specifics in a minute um, but why do you think junior golfers struggle on the course I, I think nine times out of ten it's in their head uh, I mean we've spent so much time practicing the physical pieces yes but golf is so, there's so many factors and challenges that we can't control right. and we get out there and then things fall apart. So the mental piece 
helps provide that strong foundation to fall back on when you've had a bad hole or, mm. you know, when you had a bad back nine or front nine, and it just helps make things not as bad and gives you the chance to turn a bad day into a good day. Hey, Tammy, that sounds like 95% of the players on the, on the, on the, it, it, on the it, it is, you know, I, I, it's easy for me to sit here and say that obviously my challenge mm-hmm. is to give them techniques to overcome that. But I see too often when I'm watching golf, like that bad shot, they're still carrying it two or three holes on. And so now it's seeped into every shot since then, instead of it was a bad shot. Let, that's all it is. Sounds like my son. <laughs> He's working you know, on it though. The the biggest thing I see is like you miss that first short putt, and my putting's just off today. Yeah. But, and you make that generalized narrative about yourself, and your brain has an ego; it likes to be right. So right. it's going to show you that yeah, your putting's off today by missing by, by having thirty five, forty putts, right? <laughs> Yep, exactly. Wow. So you um you're also you're also an author, and we'll get into the um to the mindset piece in just a few minutes, but you're also an author of a book called The Confident Athlete. Um, how did that book come about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great story. You didn't even know you were asking that. Um <laughs> but through school I made pretty good grades, except for anything involved with writing. Right. And I just struggled writing. I would get back mm-hmm. book reports, great material, Tammy. Right. Your writing really needs work. <laughs> um, so my senior year in high school, I was like, I am really going to like ace this book report. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of time, you know, really worked hard on it. And the teacher gave it back to me the next day with a big fat F on it. Wow. And she said <laughs> that was too good to be mine. Oh, <laughs> I was you... like, wow. Yeah. You know, back then I didn't have the mental foundation. And so I let her comments really affect me. Oh, wow. And just that became my narrative. I can't write. I don't write. And I would work with teams or athletes and they would say, hey, you need a blog or you need a book or you need material to fill in. No, I don't write. And I, I was staying in my comfort zone that I, you know, challenge other athletes and coaches to get out of. Mm-hmm. And so luckily I had a soccer coach I was working with. And he really challenged me. And he said, so you want us to get out of our comfort zone, but you're not willing to. I was like, okay. So I thought, all right, I'm going to write a book. And so confidence, I was like, that's my go-to. To me, if we have a strong foundation of confidence, we're able to overcome whatever challenges that we face. And so I thought, well, that's my go-to piece. You know, let's just write on basically how I would do a session. And so, uh, it was for to create a good resource, but selfishly, it was to for me to kind of break that chain I had around my ankle that I couldn't write. So it's, it's amazing you say that, Tammy, and and not to get off topic here. You know, for the last couple of months, my wife and I we have been telling my son, you know, hey John, have a goal of shooting seventy two or better, and this is what he would tell us. He would say. I don't think I can do that. That's a, it's a little too lofty. My, my, I think my goal should be about 75. And we're like, but John, you can change your mindset. So with the last, you know, from the last couple of weeks, he's been working with the, the, the coach and the coach, you know, told him, you know, Hey, change your goals, change your mindset. And now all of a sudden he receives it. 
Yeah, it, it it's it's amazing how the brain works. We like oh. to put limitation. Our we put limitations on ourselves by the way we talk to ourselves. Right, right. Now, what's your favorite? What's your favorite advice that you gave out in the book? Oh gosh, I have to pick one. Let's yeah. um, <laughs> say two, two, two pieces of advice. <laughs> um, you know, one thing that I'm really big on is I call it P square, positive or productive self talk. Okay. Um, I'm not one that thinks everything's positive. If you hit a bad shot, then it's hard to think positive. And I don't want someone to tell me it's okay because it's not okay. But productive thought. So instead of dwelling and becoming negative that that shot stunk, mm-hmm. okay, what's something productive of thinking, what am I going to do the next shot to get out of this? Or gotcha. what can I change? So I, I think that's a big piece Um I've seen a lot of assumptions when I first start working with athletes. They think, oh, you think everything's going to be positive. And not necessarily. Right. Sometimes productive is a lot more effective. Um, so I don't know if that's my favorite piece of advice, but I think that's that's kind of like the starting point for a lot of things. Good, good. And what are some what are some different ways that you help athletes have more of a positive mindset? Okay, so getting them to become intentional with their self-talk, being positive or productive. Um, You know, one thing I like to say, too, is learn to talk versus listen to yourself. Okay. Um, You know, I don't know if you're familiar with John Gordon, but he likes to say that. I've read it in a lot of other, you know, mental game coaches and motivational speakers as well. But the idea is if we listen to our thoughts, that's when we hear the negativity, that we're tired or it's a bad day. But when we start talking and programming in our brain, then we take control of our brains. And so our brain then becomes our biggest asset. Gotcha. Um, you know, another piece that I like to say is your body language and your self-talk are like teammates. They mm. really go hand in hand. So if I want to help myself talk, my mindset, then I've got to get bigger and carry myself big. Gotcha. You know, Con- carry yourself confident. 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 Yeah. yeah. I call it big. Yeah. It's not cocky, but it's just, yeah. Because if, if I hold myself in a confident position, it right. sends messages to my brain to be confident. Gotcha. But I think gotcha. that's an important piece and I shouldn't say I love it, but you can watch those junior golfers out there and you just see the shoulders start to go down and down <laughs> right. and down the slump. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to go and pull them up. <laughs> right. Right. Now, why is it important to have a, uh, a positive mindset as an mm-hmm. athlete? Well, you know, your mind controls everything you do. Um, right. If you're tight or nervous or negative, then it automatically creates your muscles in your arms and your legs to be a little bit tighter. Wow. You know, in a sport like golf, just a little bit of tightness is going to affect that swing. So that mindset just gives your body the best chance to perform how it knows it can perform. That's really interesting because I had um I had some 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 a friend of mine tell me he said he said, Ro, when when John hits a bad shot, have him to stretch out before the next shot. And he said, the purpose of that is to get that tension out of his muscles, out of his body, so he can be free to hit the next shot. So it's interesting you say that about the tension part. I I like that idea. I might have to steal that. Um, Hey, steal it. (laughs) (laughs) Along the same lines, you know, Mm -hmm. I had um, 
the opportunity to listen to Michael Phelps's mental game coach okay. uh, earlier in the year. And, you know, everybody knows Michael Phelps, one of the greatest <laughs> athletes in the world, but most don't realize that he really struggled with tension and anxiety and wow. dealing with the pressure. Um, and they tried a lot of things, but the one thing that helped him was squeezing his fist as tightly as he could for 10 seconds. Okay. So it's kind of like stretching and releasing, like you were saying, your friend, but just that there's science behind it that I don't know all the science, but it runs mm -hmm. to the portion of your brain okay. responsible for thinking. So it kind of interrupts that negative thought that you're dealing with. Gotcha. So a good little technique out there that I've been sharing after hearing him speak that goes along with what you just said. That's good. That's good. And let me ask you this, uh, Tammy, when, you know, let's say I'm a junior golfer. I'm out on the course. I've had a bad hole. You know, maybe it's a little bit of a tough stretch. What are some of the things that you would recommend that the junior can tell him, tell him or herself to kind of turn things back around? Uh, two things I'll, I'll say there, but one is have a reset button. Okay. And a reset button is just something that after you have a bad shot, you're hitting over. I mean, you're, you're hitting. And so you're kind of resetting your brain. Um, I, I teach having a physical and verbal component to that, a physical being just taking that deep breath and blowing it out. I've had guys who just kind of like flick it off their shoulder, like, <laughs> like letting it go, right? You know, right. slapping that thigh. You see some people do that. So just kind of a physical release. Not not being in the club, not that kind of physical release. Right, right. <clears throat> they love they love to do that now. Oh yeah, yeah. More of a productive physical <laughs> right. release. Right. And then following up with a verbal response, like mm -hmm. next ball, next shot, or even something that's funny. Because if if you think of funny thought, then you're relaxing your body, and your brain can't have two thoughts at one time. So now it's picked another thought and not dwelling on that negative one. So I think a reset button is really important right. and hopefully prevents from getting to the point of being really bad. Bad shot, let me hit the reset. And there so now I'm starting fresh every single shot. Um, it's a lot easier for me to sit here and do that. Obviously, you know, athletes that really want that to benefit them have to practice it, you know, every single day. So it just becomes a habit. <clears throat> Excuse me. The second piece, though, is learning to stay in the present moment gotcha. and it's really impossible well I shouldn't say impossible it's almost impossible to have a negative thought if you are truly in the present moment because gotcha. our negative thoughts come from dwelling on that shot maybe it was just a second ago but it's right. in the past or golfers are notorious for this thinking ahead if I birdie this then I have this score and then I need this and that and that just creates us you know, getting a little anxious or all those different feelings. So if we can teach ourselves to be in the present moment, then all that matters is that shot. And we're not bringing in all of those negative emotions. Um, so one piece that I, I have a list that I have in another book, this is good of okay. ways to stay in the present moment. But one that I use in my job is the acronym WIN. Okay. I can't take credit for creating that. You may have heard it. It's, it's out there floating out there, but I love it. And it stands for what's important now. Gotcha. So I'm frustrated about that last shot. I take time and I say, wait a minute, when? And if I answer myself, 
again, your brain can't have two thoughts at one time. So I'm not dwelling on that. And I'm thinking forward, what am I going to do next? Like now? Yeah. That's good. That's good. And, and, and Tammy, how early on would you recommend a, a parent of a junior golfer to get a mental coach to help the kids with their mindset when they're on the course? You know, the, the youngest I've worked with is eight years old. I don't okay. always suggest that. I think right. a lot of it when you're talking about youth is the maturity of that athlete. Gotcha. Um, so that's a discussion I like to have with parents, but mm-hmm. definitely, definitely high school kids should be implementing the mental game, whether it's online or with an, you know, with a mental game coach or something, but um, definitely by eighth or ninth grade. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so you, you know, I talked a little earlier and I was telling you one of the missing pieces is the mental coaching. You know, a lot of the parents, you know, they, they make sure the kids have the right equipment. They make sure they're signed up for tournaments. They make sure they have a a swing coach. You know, they have a, they have a lot of those things that they take care of. But the piece, the the missing piece that I've always felt over the last couple of years is the mental piece. Why do you think people uh, neglect that part of of the of the sport or, or the game? I think it's the newest frontier, and oh. it's not as common as everybody knows. Like the latest greatest driver out there that right. that you want, and so I think it's it's the unknown maybe because. The more you hear the pros talking about it, then it's amazing the more phone calls I get. Um, you know, the more you hear colleges are implementing, then it then it just, oh, this is an additional resource. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first started this job, I think most athletes thought, oh, that means I'm crazy or something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I, I, I mean, that, that was the stereotype you <laughs> had. And I think we've come a long way. Right. But it's still... Everybody knows strength and conditioning, what it can do for you now. But when I was in college, that was kind of like the the kind of the newest area, especially for females to be doing. Right. Um, and now it's just a given. And I think <laughs> that's where we are with the mental game. And so uh, and it's hard to see direct results. Like if I hit it further, I know it was that driver that helped or, or my technique, obviously. But right it's hard to quantify how did the mental game help. So I think that's another piece that kind of sometimes prohibits. And then some people just aren't familiar until they're listening to your podcast and realize, Oh, that's the next step I can take. Right. Yeah. I, you know, we, uh, I'm, I'm, I have a close knit of, of junior dads that, that I've talked to from time to time. And, we, and, and, and that's the, that's the, you know, we've talked about it for years and we've come to, the conclusion that the mental piece is really, really important. And, and, and you, and you almost have to have it just like you have, like I talked about the swing coach, the equipment, the tournaments and everything else that comes along with, and, you know, you know, I have a lot of parents that tell us, you know, tell me, you can't go, you can't go cheap. You can't, you can't be cheap. You, you know, it's important. You got to have it. And um, so uh, I guess, before we get into how people can order the book and how they can get in touch with you to maybe set up some things, um, what would you say, Tammy, if you had to sum up what you do for athletes, golfers, 
what what's what's the main thing that you do for athletes? It's help them realize that they have everything inside of them that they need. Um, I'm not giving them something. I'm helping them unearth what they already have inside. And sometimes we just need the skills. And, you know, one thing I would like to add, it's so easy for coaches and parents to tell an athlete, be confident. Yes. And but what I realized is that's one of the biggest mistakes. And I did it as a coach for years until I had athletes say, coach, you know, when you tell me to be confident, it makes me worse because <laughs> it's not like I'm trying not to be confident. Right. And so then I get frustrated. So, you know, I'm getting off maybe on another tangent here, but it's teaching them how. And so I think right. it's important for parents, tell them one thing that'll help them have confidence instead of be confident. But yeah. ultimately, I'm trying to give athletes that foundation that they can build from and be confident regardless if they have a good round or not. And know there is another day and give them the resources and tools to handle whatever adversity happens on or off the golf course. This is life skills. I just get to use sports as the vehicle. There you go. But, you know, one of, you know, the reason that the, that that all junior parents have to have a coach a mental coach is because the kids won't listen to the parents that's exactly I mean, right. we, can, we, we can tell them we can tell them all day blue in the face you, you know hey yep. you need to have more confidence hey you need to think bigger hey you need to have a higher goal they are not going to listen to us so they they need that separate person that coach that can instill in them what you know what we've been telling them and it's and it's really just they're hearing it from somebody different versus the parent. So it's a different voice and you don't know how many parents, well, I tell them that all the time or a coach. Well, I tell them that, but they hear so much from coaches and so much from parents that sometimes it's that neutral new voice that can open them up. That's so right. hundred percent. So, so, so talk to um, our listeners and kind of tell us, Tammy, um, how to, how to order your book, um, how to follow you on social media. Okay. So all of them, I have four books. They're all on Amazon. Uh, the confident athletes, probably the biggest one that helps golfers. Okay. Okay. Um, also it, I don't have anything directly set up online through me, but I do sign books or do group discounts. Okay. Uh, so if anyone's interested, they can reach out to me. Um, my email is Tammy, T-A-M-I-L, Matheny, M-A-T-H-E-N-Y, at gmail.com. Okay. So you can reach out for that. Or they're on Amazon if you're wanting them like immediately. Okay. You have Prime there. Um, but I am on social media, do a lot on Twitter, um, at Tammy Matheny. Also, I have two different accounts on Twitter. And so okay. the second one is R2L Coaching. Um, so that stands for refuse to lose coaching, which is my company's name. Yeah. Um, Instagram, uh, refuse the number two, lose coaching all written out. Um, Facebook, I have a parents in the mental game. So all the parents listening, um, just ways that you can help your athlete. Um, and then the confident athlete Facebook group on, uh, Facebook as well. That's really good. And and what's the what's the title of the other three books? 
Tammy. So I have the confident athlete. I have this is good, a journey on rising above adversity. Okay. And so that's ways of when you're faced with adversity, how to overcome that. Um, then I have the confidence journal. So it's more of a journal with a daily confidence. Gotcha. Um, and then the fourth one is challenger deep. And it's a collection of fables, parables, stories, lessons, short lessons. It's like three or four pages each chapter of a short story. Cause when I, in my teachings and sessions, I love to use stories. Okay. Um, and then how you can apply it and take it forth in your life. So that, okay. that was the latest book, Challenger Deep. So it's, it's a fun little read. Okay. So give me an example, Tammy. Um, you're coaching me mm-hmm. and um, I don't know what scenario you want to use, but, you know, let's say I'm having trouble on, on the course. Well, give me an example of a story that you would use to help me, you know, get things turned around a little bit. Ooh, I, I have so many, but. You know, my favorite is, is this is good. And that was the reason for uh, the creation of the second book I wrote. Book, right. And I wear it on my wrist every day. This is good. So you can tell it, it means something to me. Correct. Um, do we have time for me to share the story? Yes. That's yeah. Okay. Got time. All right. I, I love my storytelling. So that's good. All right. Um, I heard this story. It's an African folktale that I heard about 15 years ago. And okay. it really helped change my life personally, professionally, in all areas. Now, when I tell it, I get three responses. People roll their eyes and say, oh, man, that's cheesy. Others are like, oh, okay, that's cute. And then you forget about it. And then every once in a while, you get an athlete or a team that grabs a hold of it and like runs with it. And it really changes them. Okay. Um, Let's hear it. So it's king in Africa. And he had his best friend that he kept with him on his court wherever he went, because the best friend would always remind him this is good. Okay. So they go hunting one day. And he loads the king's rifle for him. It backfires and blows the king's thumb off. So the king is irate. He throws his best friend in jail. All the way to jail, the best friend's like, this is good. This is good. He's in jail and all the other guys in jail are like, you're an idiot. This isn't good. Your best friend just threw you in jail. No, this is good. He's there for a year and a half every day saying this is good. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, the king goes out on another hunting party. Well, they're captured by a band of cannibals, and the cannibals are going to kill and eat them one by one. Right. They get to the king, though, and they were extremely superstitious, and they did not believe in killing or eating anything that wasn't whole. And they saw he didn't have his thumb, so they let him go. He's like, oh, my gosh, my best friend saved my life. And he (laughs) runs back to the prison, gets down on his knees, begs for forgiveness. Best friend, of course, said, this is good. (laughs) He said, I know it was good for me. You saved my life, but I've wasted a year and a half of your life. Best friend was like, no, this was good for me too. For you see, I could have been with you and killed and eaten. So a little dramatic, but the whole idea is (laughs) lose your life or lose your thumb. Spend a year and a half in jail or lose your life. But I tell athletes, let's take it to what you deal with every day. So what is good about a bad round on the golf course? And so now you get them to to give ideas of how could this be good? And so now we're looking at it as a productive event that maybe helps them in the next tournament instead of letting them dwell on the negative. I love it. What is good about an injury? Okay, maybe you needed rest. Maybe this gives you time to work on another skill. 
mm-hmm. instead of throwing that pity party that, oh, I can't play my sport. So it's just a good way to keep your brain open mentally to allow something different yet probably better to come along sooner or later. So That's- I love it. It it has deep meaning. I've seen the impact for me. So well, that, that was good. <laughs> and and Mark said that's just that's that's their go-to saying now. Mark McKinney. Oh, so you you already knew I was going with that one. Huh? Well, yeah, he, he well, you know, he you know, he said, you know, he he just sent a comment saying that's that, that that's their go-to line now in the yeah. family. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, this is this has been great, Tammy. I, I really appreciate you uh coming on and you know, I think you um you you are a best kept secret in South Carolina because I <laughs> No, I didn't you know. I didn't know about you, um, you know. And I'm right here in Columbia. I've been doing these podcasts for two and a half years, but I I just didn't know we had somebody here right here in South Carolina that could come on as a guest and and then bless the parents and the junior golfers and just help make the journey a little smoother. Help it, you know. Help 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 our golfers, you know, realize their um, true success on the course. So, uh, from the junior golf podcast family, Hey, we just want to say thank you for being on and, um, you have a great day. Well, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed this time so much. All right.